0: kind of in the year between 2015 and 2016 my whole career in every aspect of performing kind of skyrocketed but it was literally because i made a commitment in 2015 that i was going to reach out and try and just say yes to everything they're guys they do magic Magic. they are the magic guys ladies and gentlemen
1: how you doing welcome to the podcast with the magic guys and ladies and gentlemen, it's Doug Kahn. Greetings. How are you? Are you Josh? Notice, um, I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I it's just me representing Australia today. Our, our buddy Jace is off doing some important business, but nonetheless, we in a second you'll meet him, but we have a great co-host to uh take his place. But no doubt. No This yeah. is an exciting exciting stream. Uh I'm still I still enjoy uh listening to your new mic so much.
2: Look, man, so, I've had so problems much. with this thing. I don't holy crap. wasn't quite the spark wasn't quite the spark i was hoping for but got the old fucking ring
1: working i'll take it good to see everyone on the stream as well bob we missed you man we're glad you're here and uh what's happening all the supporters are showing up this is great but we know you're not really here for us okay so we love watching got talent shows i mean i got to be on one um but the smaller version, Australia's Got Talent. <laughs> uh Doug, you were on um New Orleans. No. No. But look, I've watched Street's every Got single <laughs>
2: episode of America's Got Talent
1: <clears throat> that's ever been aired.
2: So I, I'm a fan mm. of all about... variety arts and certainly this show.
1: Yeah, that's right. What did do you watch Britain's Got Talent in the US? I watch
2: the highlights of the magicians for sure, and then usually the winners. I don't watch the whole series.
1: That's right. And Um, It made big news around the world when uh, a magician, a fellow brethren, won Britain's Got Talent. Truly, truly a coolness. (laughs) We've been asking him since 2016, since he won, to come on the podcast.
2: (laughs) We started the Magic Guys just for this moment. It's about time.
1: Exactly. And we've, we've finally got him. So, ladies and gentlemen, it brings me great honor to welcome our next guest. No doubt. Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Richard Jones.
0: What an intro! Thank you. Good to be here.
2: Welcome to the pod, <laughs> Richard.
0: Ah, thanks for having me. I, repre- I appreciate it. I <clears throat> we love, love your setup on in the chats as well.
1: And we appreciate my, my your setup? virtual setup.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, cool! Oh, I appreciate it. Oh, I changed so many times during lockdown. Uh, doing voc- Did you thing- do yeah,
2: a virtual part. thing during the lockdown? Were you staying busy online?
0: Yeah, I, I I waited out for about 6 months hoping that uh COVID wouldn't last as long and then I gave mm-hmm. in. So, yeah, after about 6 months they put together a show and uh i still still doing them now, not so often now, but uh I assume did you both do virtuals? We we I, are like
1: tinkered with it. Yeah. Mainly mainly the, this podcast was born out of that. Yeah. So that that's our sort of digitalness. What what um, episode
0: is this? Is this in the 70s now, right?
1: Mate, this is your episode 78, 78 nice. of the Magic Guys. Yeah. So it'll go down in history, you know. Right now, we've got three different parts of the world on, on this stream. Australia, America, UK. This is brilliant. This is what... Uh, what a
2: crazy time to be alive. Freaking crazy time. Yeah, I'm keeping an, town, an eye out
0: for anyone in the UK in the comments. It's yeah, late. that's right.
2: Anyone up late.
0: That's most, right. Most yeah. of my followers are asleep. Yeah, we say double right. thanks yeah. for
1: staying up late for this jam. <laughs> Oh, mate. So have you done um, any magic podcasts? I I, I don't want to you know go over uh, the same on. kind of stuff. Let me, maybe just, if...
2: let me interject here and be semi-professional uh, for the listeners who might not be aware of Richard Jones and what he has accomplished. We didn't yeah. mention this man's accolades, did we?
1: Well, I mentioned just briefly, but oh, before mentioned... I like dive right into it, I want to check. I don't know if you're on podcasts every three months and they ask you the same what was it like? Oh, Being I see. It
0: talent. was a segue you know I mean? question. My bad. Uh, no, I've done, yeah, I've done a, a quite a few podcasts, but uh, yeah, not, no, uh, I don't think I've done any magician specific podcast for a while. So this is great. This is strictly more exciting for me. Strictly I'm sure the, questions in the chat will be cooler.
1: Yeah, that's right. For guys, you guys have any questions, put them in the chat. We'll bring them up as we go. Um, but, you know, obviously you did the thing that we all dream about is <laughs> going on, Got Talent blowing their minds and uh, and, and taking the win. So, you know, it was so long ago now, but I mean, for you, is that still like, is it a thing you just, you're like, oh, yeah, I did that back then, or is it still like at the forefront of your career and, uh, and uh, you know?
0: I, I, I still use it as a big part of my marketing, obviously, but, uh, but uh, it feels like a long time ago now uh it was six years ago uh but i'm still a big fan of the show i still watch i i now try to watch as many uh magicians on got talent and when i saw you i I'm very impressed by it. i loved your first audition with a backflip and very very cool <laughs> thanks uh so yeah no it's nice to see i mean got mm-hmm. talent shows i i think probably two or three years before i went on uh that's when people started to really love magic on especially britain's got talent Before that, the show used to kind of make us feel a bit like we're like joke acts. But uh, luckily, there was a long dark
2: era where the where the Got Talent series just did not like magicians. Yeah, they were not treated well. And yeah.
0: Would would you say the same in in your parts of the world as well, then up until kind of the last few years, it's been tough magicians, right?
1: Right. Right. I, could only, I could only remember like Kevin James doing well, you know, because he's doing uh, more yeah. stage. And then I remember David Penn. I remember going, oh, David Penn's doing some cool illusions and, and things on Britain's Got Talent.
2: But. You know, there was a lot of great talent in the early years that should have really shined. And they didn't win acts that would better America's Got Talent, like singers mm. who have shows to shine on they don't need to be on a variety show these acts would get pushed because they could make money for the brand and magicians couldn't yeah. although yeah. now maybe the singers aren't making as much money and they could put the the variety acts in vegas showrooms and then everyone's happy now
0: yeah you know what i All think right. that's that's probably spot on because i mean i i I feel like like they've not made – the brand, Britain's Got Talent, haven't made any money out of me since winning. Uh, so that was, was kind of where that, I was going earlier when we started. I was
2: yeah. wondering what, what you had done uh, after the show and like what life was like transitioning yeah, from I mean, the win.
0: It's, yeah, it's been weird. I mean, I've been very lucky. I still uh, – so I'm doing everything I always wanted to do now, uh, right. but it's very different from what people – expect me to be doing people probably think I'm still attached to Simon cowell and Britt's got talent but mm-hmm. that's not not what happened I came off the show uh, got got a management and now the majority of what I do are corporate shows and I do a tour show every year uh, I, I've done a lot of TV since but I don't there's not really any money in the UK and in, in like you can't make a living out of just doing TV I do TV every now and again just to help me sell theater tickets right. uh, but the, I, I mean I had a primetime Saturday night show. Uh, a few months after Britain's Got Talent, which I was really proud of, uh, but it was uh, it, it was like a rushed show. It, we had no time to make it. It was a prime time show.
2: Is that what you said? Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like a Saturday night eight o'clock show for an hour. Uh, and it followed me um, going around my army career, but doing tricks for the soldiers. And oh yeah, had a yeah, lot of yeah. famous people in it. Cool. But I mean, the problem with shows in the UK magic shows is is uh, producers don't really know what what people want to see they they just want all the budget to be exploded on a, a giant tank appearance and
2: mm-hmm.
0: lots of lots of stuff that are cool but it's not really what i do and it's not really what people want to see but uh yeah, yeah so i'm disappointed in that but yeah it's i mean tv magic i feel like the bigger illusions don't do so well on tv people aren't as interested i, I feel yeah. like there's still an interest for stuff like Dynamo where it's close up and you've got, you've got D- David
2: Blaine showed us all that no. people are happy watching people react to magic as much as they are yeah. the grand illusions of the, whatever happening, you know, it's it uh, becomes more than the effect. And also,
0: also a car tricks just as big as a tank appearance when you're watching on TV. True. Absolutely. Just, just as big I, of an illusion. Yeah. I mean, so we and, blew all our budget on silly props in the end and it wasn't a great show.
1: It's so interesting because, you know, all all of your rounds on BGT were close up acts. So you would, you know, you would think, oh, we should follow on from that. And I think, was it the the season just before you was when Jamie Raven came on and he did like that classic uh, Dan Holland effect that went, just went viral, Mm. even here in Australia. Was that, I think, was he the first magician that they really shone like close up magic?
0: uh yeah to you know what i think he was yeah because the year before i think was uh was maybe it james Darcy Moore Oak, before he was
1: all oh, right he was Darcy.
0: yeah and james Moore as well but they were doing more kind of they're more illusionist style ripping their jackets off and all the cool <laughs> hunky stuff <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. which i would love to have done but i can't pull that off so uh but yeah i think you're right jamie was probably the first time they'd had something real close up and ma- a magician at the table as well uh that's right yeah, i mean that's pre- right yeah whereas now it's every year it feels like it's more that's that's what we're expected to do people want to see us go to the table if there's anything good with
2: america's got talent it's Mm. that they have brought a showcase for this style of magic to an audience who might not have it otherwise so that's uh, a like from me in the like column
1: yeah our friend uh christopher wayne Mm who's been on the podcast and is a, a naked magician, um, one of the naked magicians, I should say, not just not just a naked magician. Um, he went on <laughs> Australia's Got Talent. This was before that, before they had um, started loving close-up magic, and he did a chop cup routine. And he did it, and um, they were like, oh, that's great, but uh, it's just too small. Look at this whole stage, and this is this small little thing. And that was <laughs> – and- <laughs> And then a few years later, he sees, you know, guys like yourself and, and uh, everyone going on and, and getting praise for it and, and actually them filming it well and properly. And he's like, God damn it.
2: Yeah, I mean, Shin uh, Lim would uh, eventually win with that style <laughs> of magic in the United States. As did Matt Franco, really. Yeah.
1: That's right. Shin yeah. won the, f- no, t- he was 2018, I think, right? So Matt so was
2: first, huh? After. When was Matt?
1: Matt Franco? Uh, yeah, I think on. Matt Franca
0: well, was 2014-ish. It was before I, I won I it. It was
1: before your wow. win, then.
0: Yeah, I'm okay. sure so Matt was, goes yeah. on.
1: So yeah. Matt goes on 2014. Paves the way. Jamie Jamie Raven then gets a spotlight, and then Richard comes on. Third time lucky. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was lucky. I was in the right place at the right time every time that year, and a, a lot of it is down to the guys Yeah, had a few years before me kind of setting that stage and kind of – I mean, Simon Cowell. I think he used before January.
1: But... Mm, that's right.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think. Thing, I think Simon. Yeah, go on.
1: The, no, the thing you did really well was uh, you you injected a lot of magic into your routine. So it wasn't just like here's three things. It was like you know, as you're getting the the thought sent to you, you're like you know, the en- The kinet- kinetic kinetic energy is going through, or like as you bring out the can, there's also smoke coming out of. it. There was like a lot of little. In between bits, they just always had magic happening. That was a crazy
2: set. Was that your that yeah. was your audition set, right? Where you're shocking yeah. the judges and making tea and appear <laughs> yeah. and a can. How how harrowing was that set for you? That's well, you know, be like so, walking uh, like, a tightrope, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I when I went on the show, my 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 aim really was was my thought process was is if I could really do magic, uh, I would do it wouldn't just be the main tricks that would be happening. Everything I do would be odd and magical. So in my head, I was thinking if I needed to pick up a book, it would be nice if I went to reach it. And just a subtle lift into the hands would be nice, but so Mm. subtle that no one really notices. But the people who do would spread and be mad about that moment. So that's why in my head, I I thought we want smoke, but only a tiny, tiny bit that people might not even notice. But the people who do, will feel like they've seen something that maybe they shouldn't have even seen, uh, and the shock and yeah, that kind of stuff. But in terms of the shock, I mean, going out onto the, I I had a rehearsal on the day, which was, which was lucky, but I, they had a a big metal rail that the whole, the whole BGT judges (laughs) stand was built on this huge metal platform. And, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much, obviously, but I, I mean, it was, I did a kinetic test energy on uh, was the producers. Yeah, the kinetic energy was strong. And in a rehearsal, I, I, I did it at the lowest power of my, my powers. Uh, and that was, pretty, that was pretty a big shock. But then just before I went on for the, the round with the judges, I thought, you know what? I, only, I might only get one shot at this. I'm just going to go all out. So I cranked up to the most danger level. And I always remember when it when the shock really happened. I mean, it was uh, yes. I was pretty really terrified seemed... that they were going to kick off and be like, "Oh, hold on a minute, that's not cool. You've shocked us." And I was really on edge, but they were nice about it too.
1: <laughs> he took it the right way, like he did <laughs> <Yes>. really well. <laughs> that one was better, but then he didn't lose yeah. his mind. He just what did he turned around to the audience. He was like. I did not love that or he, like, you know, he just, Oh yeah. yeah. He said, I did not line. like that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. going like He could have
0: destroyed stuff. me in that moment if he was going to be difficult. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he was, he right. was good. He was good to us. So yeah. Oh, Cur- man,
2: curious. Man. Were, was this, uh, did, did you develop this whole approach on your own? Did you get some, uh, like, uh, what do they call them? These consultant guys to work with? I, I would assume that happens as the thing goes on. Right.
0: But there there is a consultant that works on the show, but the, the one year that he wasn't on the show, he's a great, great consultant, but the one year he wasn't on the show was the year I was on. So Interesting. I mean, I was, uh. I wasn't really, I wasn't really that well known or I didn't really uh, up until then kind of socialize that much in the magic community. I just had a small group of magician friends, local to me, at a local club, yeah. Right. Uh, who are great guys, Not, none of them professionals, but they just love magic. And I always remember I, I sat down with them and, we kind of just jammed on ideas. And uh, we, we were lucky that pretty much all the ideas that I pitched for the f- semi final and the final, the, the BGT team were just happy that they pretty much just said, Yeah, we love it, do it. Whereas I know lots of other magicians in the past have had trouble because the ideas mm. they want to do, the producers have said, Look, no, you can't do this. Or we That's want you to rough. do this, this. Mm. So I got lucky um, <clears throat> that, yeah. I I pretty much did got to do everything I I wanted to do. I mean were you? But Josh, I'm I'm curious if they made you change anything for your I assume they probably did, right?
1: Yeah. Um so I did the actor you saw me audition with. So I did that for the producers, like the producer rounds before the TV round. And they so I did the whole backflip, everything, put all my energy into it, and then they were like and the producers, you know. Show no love in the in these uh, rounds. They're just watching all the acts. They're like, yep, that'll work on TV. That'll work. So I did this whole thing, and they and this guy on the end goes, "Yeah, that was cool. So that that'll be a good, um, that'll be a good like opener for your act. And then we want you to do like, it'd be cool if you do then do some like big stuff on the stage. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that's the whole act. Um, and like, I know it'll work for an audience, but but you're not seeing that right now. So yeah, they wanted, they thought that would just be a little intro. Me do this backflip, this whole dance, this thing. And then, you know, allude to something bigger. <clears throat> um, so, But then I just did that act and, and it was fine. But then, yeah, the second act I did was uh, a Rubik's Cube act. But it was supposed to be this big grand thing where they... Because they in Australia, at least, they tell you, yeah, so the first round is all you and then the second round will have a budget to, like, do bigger stuff. Um, but it turned out yeah. they didn't actually have a budget. So, like, we couldn't do this what? bigger stuff. So it ended up just going back to... Um, you know, my own magic. So that was my experience anyway. But what is um, that? They just lied to you? No, 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 it wasn't that. It was, um, there was a lot of meetings. So uh, there's no way they're listening to this. So like, um, I had this idea and it was going to cost like 10 grand, but they were on board because they were like, the image that we'll create is like pretty crazy. But the problem is to spend that much money. Like a lot of people have to tick lots of boxes and, um, there was just this one point where I was on a call with three producers on a phone call and they're all grilling me with these different things. They have to check and and like, they're like, but why is this person involved? And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, guys, this is not worth it. Like, this is not fun. How about I just do something that will cost no money and um, I can just get on with that. And they're like, yeah, that will work too. So it was like, it was just mm. a weird, mm. still love them, yeah. you know, s- still, Grateful for going on and everything, but uh, yeah, that was that was what I went through.
0: <laughs> well, I, I I now tell magicians I I didn't really know at the time about the budgets and stuff. I mean, the only thing the BGT uh, team paid for me, but it was just because I was naive and didn't really ask for anything. But uh, was the they paid for the flag that we used in the final, and they paid a certain amount of money to have the British Army band. They had to pay for the British Army band that we had in the final. But now, in hindsight, looking back, I realised that some of the acts, they they do just spend such a huge amount of money on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and now I, I tell people, anyone going through, if you're going to be in the live shows, as soon as you're announced that you're going to be in the live semifinals, they're going to pretty much have to go with whatever you end up saying, look, this is what I'm going to do. If they try and change your act too much, if you say, no, this is what I'm going to do, I'm not going to change it it's much more of a hassle for them to then go back and say, okay, they're now not in the semi-final and We're replacing you or whatever. Hmm. It's much more hassle rather than them just saying, okay, we'll do with whatever your act is. So I always tell magicians, if, if on the day, which happens all the time, if on the day they say, you now can't do that trick, you've got to do a different one. Just say, is this, that trick or I'm not going on. Cause I mean, they've mm. got, it's far more complicated for them to resolve it. If they, uh, if they have to can you. So, That's but right. yeah, I mean, I didn't know that at the time, but,
1: we all um, learn, hey. Yeah. <laughs> we had a question yeah, yeah, from yeah. Bob, but Bob, we did kind of go through this question a little bit. But um, since you asked, Richard was saying he mainly uses his TV performances as a like promo for the tours he's doing at the time and that kind of thing. That's that's pretty accurate, right? But you I've, you do quite yeah. a few TV. Like I've seen a quite a, a decent amount of segments um, of you going on yeah, shows. No, so me- it's great.
0: The majority of shows I do are like morning shows over here. So if I ever have anything to promote, uh, it's usually it's either if I'm promoting a tour, or sometimes the the army asks me to go on and talk about uh, certain events that are going on in the army and and like the queen's birthday and stuff like that. So uh, they they usually get me on to be a spokesperson for them. So, but it's t- generally the morning shows. I mean, I, d- I don't do any. We don't really have that many kind of late night shows over here like that are really good in America like um uh what the like Jimmy America? Fallon You've and the, <clears throat> yeah Jimmy I mean Kim there Hall. seems to be loads of magicians doing amazing things on the on the evening shows over in the states that uh, on,
2: on Fallon for sure but the, yeah they are they are yeah. magicians are getting a lot of airtime in the states on talk shows even like daytime Ellen and thing you know Ellen yeah. shows stuff like that Yes, where well, I that's, see that's Dan- actually
0: a question I've got for Josh because I I know in, in America I feel like the respect for magicians I feel like if if I'm at a gig in the UK I feel like the moment they know you're a magician you have got to really prove yourself first to really warm them into feeling like. it's that the, the accepting you to perform for them, whereas I feel like in America there's so much more of a respect for magicians before they even know what you how good you are or what you're going to do. I feel like they're more welcoming to witness it. <clears throat> but I'm curious what it's like in Australia because I mean, Josh, you seem super busy. by I, I, I mean, I watched some of your vlogs and it seems like everyone's pretty up for everything. But I feel like so, in the UK we're very reserved. So
1: go mm, on or. Australia, it depends. If I'm if I'm on stage, Australia is a very lazy audience. Like they're not one to go crazy with applause and and stuff. Laughter, yes, because that's just a natural reaction. But you really have to break them for them to be on board. Like they're just like a standing ovation is like almost. It's like a it's like a unicorn, right? Like c- compared to if you're in a US theater or, or something, but close up magic, like you get a few drinks in them and they're, they're good fun. Maybe they have good banter. I don't know if it's the same height of banter as you get in the UK, but, um, yeah, you say you're a magician and, uh, for the most part, they're like really intrigued because most people haven't seen magic. Most people haven't seen magic in real life. So they, um, Mm. you know, they've seen it on TV. Like, Oh, do you do like what Richard Jones did on Britain's Got Talent? I'm like, well, let me show you, (laughs) you know? Um, be unfortunate to be very busy here there's and again Australia's not a big place, but there's only like a handful of professional magicians like actually doing it full time. so yeah. it's not like they're seeing a magician at every event they're going to. um so that might play a part in it too. Hey, but I'm
2: gonna politely but, yeah. disagree, Richard. I think the mindset of the general American public is that magic <clears throat> is a children's entertainment, and that every time to- in my experience, I have to earn. Their trust, confidence, appreciation—every single time I perform, rarely do I say, "Hi, I'm Doug the magician." They're like, "Oh, we're waiting on you all night." No, it's always. It's oh always really? That wow. Bad. Okay. Absolutely. So maybe being uh, handsome and British, maybe I need that in my life, and then I can ease into <laughs> my performance situations a little easier.
0: In America, no, it's interesting you say that. I mean, we us over here, we we always we're jealous of uh, of what how it looks like. It's uh, how so, will look, it I think things have changed. Okay. Hmm.
2: Because of things like America's Got Talent and Fool Us and a number of other things, you know, magic for humans and so on. And, you know, now people are starting to appreciate what we do as a more refined entertainment or art, maybe, as opposed to just a guy in a tuxedo pulling women out of boxes and doing bad magic at a birthday party. Because that's still what I think most of America thinks, at least the people I hang with, but I hang out with old people. So hopefully the younger mindset is appreciating our art form on a different level.
1: That's right. We're changing, we're changing their perspective. One, one good piece of magic at a time. Magic does that,
2: right? It it Mm. constantly changes and adapts to what it needs to be.
1: Yeah. I think there's a, you know, Pun intended, I guess. Like, there's a few magic soldiers out there that that are really like breaking that stereotype, where they're they're trying to break that mold. Like when we had Eric Leclerc on the other week, he's like, my my one goal when I go up to a group is to break the stereotype of what mm-hmm. they think a magician is. So yeah, and um, that's what we do.
2: He's an older yeah. guy too, actually. So
0: do you, yeah, do you get many 40. magic uh, theater shows in Australia? <clears throat> As many guys, because I know you you do a theater show yourself, but is that quite a common thing in theaters?
1: So, where I mean, we're the first like magic show, like ensemble magic show that's been here other than um The Illusionists, but there's um, yeah, there's a really great show called uh Celtic Illusion, who um, a friend of ours does this, but it's like a big Irish dance um like lord of the dance style thing but with illusions built into it that's a big show but yeah there aren't that many there aren't that many theater shows
2: do y'all um, have no anything idea. like the magic castle yeah. there like you know or they have like house of cards chicago magic land we have places like that in the states is there anything like that in australia john
1: no they, they used to before my time there was a place called magic mountain um that mm-hmm. was like a dinner cabaret right. theater but we don't have we don't have that Nice. No. So That's there a is shame. a place. There is nothing a place. like there, that, huh? There, there's a few. Yeah, no. There's a few. Uh, in Sydney and, uh, yeah, just in Sydney, there there are two um resident magic shows, like parlour magic shows, that happen okay. every week. But um, no, no magic castles. The
0: big big market waiting to be tapped. Absolutely. Sounds it. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah,
1: yeah. Potentially. Yeah. What yeah, what what's the um the magic circle like? Is it what you know? Is it as elusive as um. It feels um, here in Australia. I mean, it's
0: so it's a really it's an amazing place Like we're very lucky to have it. Um, but it's very different. I think I've not been to the Magic Castle, but I feel like the the aim and agenda of it is very different. I I, I get a vibe that the Magic Castle yeah. is very much a place to entertain the public. I feel like a big part of it is mm. constant shows and, and reaching out to new people and advancing magic in the eyes of people go into LA whereas the magic circle is there's great magicians we've got a great theater library and showrooms and we have great lectures but I they don't tend to do many shows there and the shows that they do do it's uh it's kind of I I get the vibe that it's very often they're just looking for whoever's available and I, I don't think it's necessarily it's it's not set up people don't look forward people don't reach out to want to perform there whereas i feel like lots of people in, in america i assume it's mm. a big dream to perform at the magic castle i assume whereas yeah. in the uk it's we don't have that kind of Ooh. uh relationship with uh when it's, but i suppose also you get a-listers and you seem to get big huge stars going to the magic castle whereas so it's a private kind of class
2: This is, what is the situation for getting into the magic circle? Like the castle is a dinner and drinks and you got, you know, and so it's this, yeah, so we don't have that. Right.
0: Yeah. The only thing, so I I believe they do maybe two shows a month for the magic circle, I believe. And what they do, so they'll arrive at six o'clock in the evening. They'll have some close-up magic for an hour. Uh, They'll have a bar area to get drinks. And then in the evening they'll have a, a show on stage, like a cabaret show with lots of different magicians um but yeah this is it's not the same kind of uh, it's not it's not as big of an event that that you have over in the castle so um, is the
2: is the circle a private club or is how is it governed if you clarify uh, that yes little...
0: it's it's only it's only for magicians so it's, mm-hmm. uh but in all honesty I, I, as far as I'm aware, we're only really open to members on Monday nights and Wednesday afternoons. So if if you're a member of the Magic Circle and you want to hang out with other magicians at the club, your only real opportunity really is Monday nights. So a lot of it's, it's a good thing in a way because it's usually quite busy on Monday nights. Yeah, and, right. That's fine. I
2: think it's something. Uh,
0: hmm. But uh, yeah. I, I, f- I feel like we don't do enough shows. I feel like it should be like a West End vibe. Like people should know about it when they s- decide, oh, we're going to go and see the Lion King, we're going to go and see Les Mis or oh, the Magic Circle. But mm-hmm. but we're not in that area. Now people don't think of the Magic Circle, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, yeah. But one With day
2: the success time. of all the Magic venues popping up, but, you know, like we just spoke of Magic Castle, mm-hmm. Magic Clowns, Prestige, House of Cards, there's a lot of them. Why wouldn't they be like,
0: yeah i think i think it's very much volunteer run i think that's probably um if if was more of a business it would probably be there'd be a lot more shows for sure
1: gutbuster mike was just asking like do you think the price is worth it to get in and for what to that i would just say that's because you haven't been there yet um it's a very magical place that you even to get in you have to say the magic password for the the bookcase to open up so (laughs) that's just the beginning so that you just have to go there to, to understand. And it's not even that much. I think when I went there, it was, um, so first you have to get an invite from a member, but there was like, it was like 40 bucks to get in and then you have your meal. So you pay for your meal and then you're in. So it's not even that expensive. I see the best just,
2: magicians in the world, or at least yeah. top tier and hang They're out just,
1: with some of not the to same. mention, not to mention invisible Irma, Doug, <laughs> you know, um, you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you?
0: Is that the piano?
1: Okay, we'll move on. I know yeah, what you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes Irma I'm the okay. piano. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah there's, is, there's, is that? Okay. Am I right? I've got, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Know. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Because right. <laughs> I, I, I got I got to visit the Magic Castle once because I I I really wanted to see Michael Vincent, and I just so happened to be visiting the U.S. when he was doing the close-up room and um and that magical place, but. <clears throat> I would fly there again just to go to the castle, I reckon. Um, okay, so – but look, back to Richard. Man, what are you enjoying doing at the moment? I saw you even have some uh, – you have some magic kits available now.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I should have had one on hand to show you. But, uh, got no idea where they are. Damn it, I'm so underprepared. Yeah, still got a magic set um, and I do – so my main thing at the minute, I'm just about to release dates for my new tour – uh if they were supposed to already be released by now but at the minute theaters are still kind of just getting back up and running at the moment a lot of them are still doing shows they're back up running doing shows but they're still on shorter staff and shorter hours and stuff at the minute because they're still heavily impacted from covid but uh but we've got we've got about 24 dates so far which will be the end of this year going into the start of next year oh there we go the box of magic is is this for like back of
2: room sales
0: uh yeah so in all honesty the majority of uh, the magic sets are are for the tour show so whenever Mm -hmm. i do a live show i think it's nice for people to go away and have a bit of magic that they can go away and do so that's that was the main agenda but um i anyone who emails me i I can still sell them and send them out but it my main curious if you
2: have anyone demonstrating the magic there for those kits
0: Uh, i would love to have someone there Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, that would make uh, a difference. No, I don't, yeah, it definitely would. It's just uh, I mean, my my team, I have quite a small team when I when I travel around, uh, yeah, and you know what, we're, we're so busy because usually I'll get, get in time on the day, we turn up very often, I'll get in time at the, at the venue, we can't get in until three o'clock or four o'clock, and I do a VIP pre show, close up magic mm. show for VIPs at six. So we have to set up a, an entire show within two or three hours. Mm. Uh, so, are
2: you doing illusions I, in this show?
0: Um, it's not really no, nothing too too big. Yeah. Uh, it's mainly light hearted magic, but a couple of emotional magic parts in it, and it's a, it's a combination of stories from my army career that I interweave in into the magic. Um, a lot of classic stuff, uh, a lot of audience participation.
1: Uh, I yeah. I noticed that too. But yeah, no illusions. My- in my short, in my short uh, you know, stunt to starting to do theater shows, I've realized that too, that there's such a time crunch in when you're actually allowed to get into the venue. And when the show yeah. starts, you know, I thought you yeah, have all this luxury of uh, slowly setting things up and doing run-throughs and all this kind of thing. But um, o- over here, yeah. you know, there's unions for the, the staff that work in the theaters and they're like, very strict on how many hours this the crew can be working for and when they must take a break and and um yeah like,
0: wow. and also the get out as well right
1: that's right we get it yeah. out after yeah how how quick is it for you cuz for us we finish the show we do meet and greets and then we have i want to say like 40 minutes to like get out um yeah pretty much like and then they start
0: charging you yeah <laughs> at double time cuz it's past <laughs> 11 o'clock yeah Roo yeah, twice, yeah. yeah.
2: There's no art yeah, after the yeah, show. Yeah. The art ends 20 minutes yeah. after the curtain falls. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But they don't. They don't tell you on the night. They're more than happy for you to uh, to take as long as you want. They're super welcoming, in, uh, and you you feel like they don't really mind that you're keeping them. But then when you get the bill the next week and you realise that they were being paid 30 quid an hour, just wait for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the
1: only um, yeah. the only good thing is when you do uh, a two day show, like a matinee and an evening, because you actually get that little in between bit where you can just relax a little because you've already said everything. Up. Right. There's a little lull, lull moment there.
0: Yeah.
2: Here's a question: <laughs> What's the promotion for these shows in this day and age? Like, is it Facebook? Is it radio?
0: No. So- so, for me, so I, I, so part of the reason I do a lot of morning shows on TV, on national TV, is to announce my tours. But in all honesty, it's probably wasted. I, I find yep. that the most effective, uh, media is local media. So, uh, I mean, mm. if I go on a national TV show, it'll be seen by millions, but the chances of those people sat at home uh, being just down the road from the, the theater venue are very slim.
2: Yeah. But maybe there's uh, so lingering. Actually, like perceived value from that for when they see you again on the local news on the morning show, yeah. then they're like, Oh yeah. yeah, I saw that guy in the thing.
0: It's yeah. definitely good to, for social media to be a post that, Oh, I've just been on this TV show or whatever. It's definitely good to kind of keep the level high of people's <laughs> right. expectations of the show. But in all honesty, the best way to sell tickets for us here in the UK is to do local radios, local newspaper magazines, uh, and that kind of stuff. But I, I also use Facebook ads because uh, i find it a shame that mm. i i've got lots of followers who would who i i quite often once i finish a show i might then in the next couple of days once i've posted videos of the show people saying oh i'm gutted i didn't know you that right. was just down the road from me or whatever Ugh. and it's, it's such a shame that facebook does, doesn't show your posts to hardly anyone unless you put paid advertisement behind it uh but but it's still great it's such a great way of of honing in on people or, that are just yeah. two three miles away from each venue it's great great way to get people. how big of your shows.
2: how big is social media in your life is this a big part of your life posting on instagram and th- these kind of things or not
0: <clears throat> i try to it's one of those things where i i feel like i'm on too many things because i'm on twitter TikTok, instagram facebook and i mean i do uh so i i use obviously Ecam live i use to go live and i can go live on um uh, I usually go live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn mm. as well now. <laughs> but then it's just such a shame that I'm kind of then excluding people on Instagram and TikTok. So then I feel like I have to go live there as well yep. separately because if I go live at the same time, they've got no idea what I'm talking about because I'm flashing things up on the screen. i here and they're not seeing it. And But I, yeah, I feel like it, I'm way overwhelmed with it. I, I really love chatting and, and seeing people's names popping up who always post nice comments. It's so nice to to do that. i i don't yeah. i don't do enough social media for sure i i can't keep up with it it's real i mean you know you are challenge.
1: actually a busy magician <laughs> which is a great thing so it's hard to keep up with that load of content at the What's, same time you know
0: well my hey, my aim i mean yeah go on
1: no no sorry i you're you're the guest please
0: <laughs> i was i was just gonna say my uh my ideal I mean, I, I'm big into YouTube. I love YouTube. I, I'd love to post more YouTube, but I wish my YouTube was like yours, Josh. Josh, I don't know. I don't, you seem, it seems like you take a, a videographer to every one of your shows. You've got cool footage. I, I have hardly any magic videos on my YouTube. And it's just because w- whenever I go places, I very rarely have, there's always videographers and photographers at the venues, but mm. it's very rare that I can manage to get that footage confirmed and agreed on after. Most, most venues that I go to, most events, that they if i asked them oh do you mind if i video and post some of this stuff it's they it's very unlikely that they would allow me to do that uh because yeah, it's wrong. their guests and and whatever so it's i'm feel i feel gutted that i would love to post so much more footage of magic and that's what mm. people want to see but i i haven't quite found the way of doing that yet but uh it's, it's hard right you this seem difficult be, you seem to be yeah. doing that
1: though. You know, I, I, yeah, I do it because I, you know, I just want to be able to watch this stuff again. You know, when I when I'm retired, or you know, even just watching the stuff from a year ago is like is is like cool to watch. But um, yeah, two things. Uh, Jason, who our co-host who isn't here, um, he used to live in Brisbane, so he would him or like another magician friend of mine would happily come along to my close-up gigs. Like if I'm just doing a cocktail event. And they'd be my cameraman because um, I have the camera and stuff already. But the, the really high quality ones is a videographer that I bring in. Um, but for anyone listening who's trying to work on their promo material um, and film these kind of things, I just simply say to them, hey, can I bring my videographer? I'm working on my promo reel, but also I'll cut a one minute montage of your event and, and give it to you for free there
2: you go Um, give them the value yeah
1: yeah, which they love because that it would cost them a few thousand dollars for a videographer Mm -hmm. to to do that normally um and then sometimes i'll offer a slight discount i'll say hey it's you know this much but i'll i'll knock you know a small amount off if you don't mind a videographer coming around um and i'll give you the one minute montage and that usually sells them um these
2: are good bargaining
0: tools that's a really great idea yeah. yeah and then what
1: what ends up happening which starts to happen now is you keep those minute montages <clears throat> as unlisted videos and um, now I can sell that as an I can actually sell that as an extra package. I can say, Look, you know, it costs this much to have me here, but for an extra whatever amount, I can also back I can also have I <laughs> can also have my magic videographer come around and make a montage of your guests reacting. Here's like a whole bunch we've done in the past. So and then they broke. go, Yeah, I'll take that as well. And now you're getting paid to, to vlog the the event. That's the that's, that's really the goal you want to eventually get to.
2: <laughs> Josh, if I ever get yeah. professional, I want you to work <clears> for me.
1: <throat> Yeah, well, the, the ironic thing is Doug here has the biggest YouTube channel out of all of us, so we really need to be uh learning from Doug. I think, Doug, what's it up to now? 8 you billion. 8 I billion.
2: had yeah. a rush last week.
1: Yeah, 600,000 subscribers or something. It's five,
2: really? Something. Five, wow.
0: Oh it's the power of YouTube shorts. I'm gonna look you up right now.
1: Yeah, oh, like it's okay.
0: funny. Well, I knew it's you had fu- a shot. Uh <laughs>
2: So yeah, that's where I cash in now, but, all this big money I'm making from that retail magic.
1: Yeah, it's funny because when you mentioned YouTube channel, I I, sw- I was ready for you to say Doug, and then you said Josh, and I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> You're actually talking about yeah, my channel. Um, but um,
0: I apologize, Doug. I, I haven't. There's I haven't no found apologies necessary.
2: I'm, I'm quite humble about now, the though. following <laughs> I have on YouTube. It was garnered during the pandemic and at the beginning of YouTube Shorts. Mm. fortune favors right. the prepared i was prepared and i rode the wave still right yeah
1: doug i would love to see if you put on a public show yeah anywhere i would uh, it would be really That's interesting happening. to see it's,
2: it's i think about it all the time
1: and yeah. i have what audience is is you know coming just from your organic audience you know
2: yeah yeah i think you know now that i have the, that many eyeballs i can book these shows Probably any city I want in the country on, on a small level. I don't I don't want to do a big theater show. I want to do an intimate experience, maybe mm. 100 max, probably, maybe <clears throat> 200. but yep. So we'll see. Within the next year or two, there will be an option to buy a, a ticket to the Doug Kahn show. I hope I don't hate it. You know? Good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not
2: a big fan of performing, Richard. It's not my thing. So, But I do it. Right. You know? But it's just not my love.
1: As long as you have right. someone handling all the the logistical stuff you don't yeah. have you can just do the entertaining part That's Oh yeah I mean the,
0: the toughest part of doing a tour show is is it's not the magic it's not the show yeah it's the I mean people don't realize people don't really think about it but I spend 90% of my career just driving like I'm yeah, more of a right? driver than I am a, a magician yeah I'm yeah on the road and unloading and yeah I definitely the last yeah.
2: year I've been Traveling a lot more, and I see this being my life probably for the next decade. And it's just going to snowball as the years move on. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait for you to see that show, Bob. I'm gonna, I'm going to try and make it a good one. But if uh, nothing else, it'll be fun. If it's not good,
0: wait, do, you've do got, you have got your- a shop as well, right? Is that right?
2: So, so yeah, I, I you know, I, I had a I've worked in a lot of magic shops my life. I had one in New Orleans back in the early two thousands, and then I run conjure.com. And I tell you what, I just do that mainly to give myself access to magic and to give people that are in my OVRA, my you know, my my tribe there to give them access to the things that I do, you know. Hey, how do you do that trick? Well, I got it here and I'm really not making <clears throat> much money or like counting that as my business but yeah i have a shop i have a shop I and does close. does your
1: shop stock stock the uh richard jones magic kit
2: <laughs> you know if, if the doug con <laughs> magic kit wasn't on the list i would consider that for sure but. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then you need the jason ma magic yeah. kit um yeah i'll wait for balls. that to, to happen the josh libido magic kit that just is full of caps and uh rubik's cubes
2: no, like that it's important to have that stuff to make good profit at these shows right i'm i'm, I'm assuming this merch is a big part of your business uh, equation right you got shirts do you have a deck of cards do you have that happening or what are you
0: selling uh, I, at I the only the only thing i sell is magic sets uh okay. mainly because the, my first tour i did in 2016 we had um military illusionist which is my branding uh hoodies mm-hmm. but i mean it's just it was just complicated with the different sizes right. and people are wanting to try stuff on. And then mm-hmm. I realized that actually for me in in my show, I think that the le- less is more. I think if there's one thing people either want it or they don't they'll if they want it, they'll go take it. I, I in fact, tell a lie. I also do posters, but I, it's usually a deal. Like if you get a magic set, you get the signed poster with it anyway. But I think it streamlines it. the whole process, it, and um, on the, it's nice on the way out. People will, will get that, get a poster, and then I'll be at the exit as well, and I'll sign those for them as they as they go. Oh, uh, Mark, I, I find like too a, many decisions for people leaving; it, it just gets complicated. They end up cramming the stall, and
2: this is good. Yeah. This is good advice. Then, how much is a Richard Jones magic kit?
0: Uh, so they're, they're, they're in all, in slightly can, different per venue, depending on how much commission a venue wants. Sometimes the venue have to push up the price, but yeah, 15 pounds. And uh, can you
1: convert that to $2. Australian dollars and then to American dollars? <laughs>
0: Thank <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> no, I
1: can't.
2: 15 I it, of anything sounds reasonable. That's probably about 30 bucks American, yeah. maybe 25.
1: Yeah, that's if it's fine. 25 that's American, price. that's 40 Australian probably. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Right. There, there, oh, there was okay. a question earlier from Goldbug, and this is this is good because <clears throat> non-magician or people who aren't doing it professionally don't usually know like how we get booked for events. And I am curious to know in the UK. Um, so Goldbug asked, "This might be irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. Um, but when asked someone, ah, right, okay. So they know you've you've been on TV, you've done some great things. But how do you get booked for gigs and stuff? Do you promote it yourself, and others come to you, or vice versa? So." What I'm curious about is, um, you know, is is the corporate scene very agent heavy, or is it um, like running Google AdWords, or is it just word of mouth, or is it like all of it? How do you get um, booked for your uh, corporates?
0: A lot of uh, so, yes, yeah, really good question. So, mo- in the UK, most of the big corporate stuff is agencies. They all the big events find an agent to then just arrange everything. So, most of my work is agent works uh, is agent work. Uh, but I, I have a management now who are hugely respected in the UK, one of the biggest agencies. Um, and I'm the only magician signed to them, which is handy. Uh, but wow. they, they have a whole load of clients that they... <laughs> so they they have a, a load of clients that they actually put on the whole events for. So they, uh, uh, they they're super busy. So since I've signed up with them... That, that keeps me busy in the corporate world. I, I did get, do get a lot of uh, stuff through my own website, but I just pass that straight on to my agency and then they deal with all the logistics, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but occasionally I'll still do weddings. Uh, they, they they tend to be just couples reaching out to me from my website. Um, but I, I enjoy doing weddings. Uh, I ve- I don't do them very often. It's not really uh, the market that I, I'm known in, but uh, yeah, I enjoy doing those Um uh, but yeah, a majority of stuff really is tour shows Andrew. and the corporate scene. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm curious actually too. because someone told me, someone told me that wedding magicians isn't really a thing in America. But what about well, Australia? Sadly,
2: it's not. I wish it was. I probably would have been a much happier magician in my life if I could go entertain right. happy people at happy events. Oh, there is being gigs, faced yeah. with right? yeah, you know, Rockin' dupsy playing at level eleven with you know two hundred drunk corporate. You know, business people who don't want to see magic. You
1: know? Yeah, we had we had um, a friend of ours from the UK, Richard Parsons, come on, called the Gloucestershire magician on Instagram, and uh, uh, okay. and he and he purely just does weddings, and we had this convo yeah, yeah. about how like it's just wild to me because I'll, you know, wh- uh, magic is a very exotic idea like cool like wow that's a really rare thing when when someone sees a magician at a wedding that's usually the vibe i get they go what a great idea and like they've never seen it mm-hmm. and uh, right. yeah i'm probably doing one wedding i want to say like every two months maybe there's
2: bob's advice just call it the trendy uh, european thing to do and then book it like that so, yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah it, it, it is getting yeah. more it's slowly becoming more not it's not common at all but there's slowly a few more inquiries for weddings over the years.
0: last
2: 2 years I've right. done two prior to that zero so yeah it's it's right. starting to like ease in a little yeah, bit it's a,
0: it's a huge yeah. market it blows it blows our minds Over yeah, here, right. it's such a big thing it's, it's ideal it's how for most that. magicians in it's the UK it's ideal make a
1: for a wedding yeah but i think also what yeah. we learned from from richard parsons is that uk weddings are a little different and what he explained was that a wedding in the uk is an all day affair like, there'll be the yeah. ceremony, and then there's like the stuff that'll happen during the day, and then there'll be the feast at night. Is that sort of. On yeah, part? is it?
0: How, how do you guys do it? Is it not? So, over
1: over, not he, over here in Australia, there will be. So, I went to a wedding. I've been to two weddings, like, like friends' weddings in the last month. And you rock up to the ceremony at uh, 2 p.m. in the afternoon, you have the ceremony for, for an hour. And then you'd go away and do something because the cere- the the reception is in a different place and you all just rock up there at like six pm and then you start oh, right. all of the speeches and stuff. So there isn't actually much gaps to fill. Um right. so whenever whenever I'm booked, it's it's because they're having the ceremony and reception in, in the same place and they just need that hour filled when they're getting their photos taken before the yeah. the yeah, yeah. reception starts. So I think I think it's because yeah the, the actual wedding themselves are different in the uk to hey, there's here, a
2: lot so. of could use in the states for sure that could you know that could host magicians a lot of people spend a lot of money on their weddings mm, that's true and some of us go to elvis at the chapel of love oh shut up <laughs>
1: it's calling elvis <laughs>
2: aaron and i we got married in 15 minutes we were done and back at the casino you know and and ready yeah, to rock out nice. that way happy yes. as a clam <laughs>
1: you didn't need to hire any magicians
2: <laughs> no but we did go see copperfield on that trip so that oh, was a fun one
1: there you go he's a great yeah, wedding. It be option. expensive
0: to have had at the chapel yeah
1: can you imagine <laughs> i think i remember seeing a list once of like how much it is to hire magicians and i think he was up there at a mill probably because he just doesn't you know want to have to leave his his wonderful theater but million huh i think so i
2: guess when what you're is. a billionaire that's what it costs
1: uh-huh. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> America. <laughs> One million dollars. That sounds about right.
0: <laughs> nice. Which is
1: probably if you converted uh, Richard Jones' booking fee into Australian dollars, probably would be a million. <laughs> that makes
0: sense. Yeah, I wish. <laughs>
1: but, no, that's cool. So you, you actually don't have to do that many weddings. I mean, it's not that we don't want to because they are super fun, but um, obviously corporate events are a little bigger. Um little bigger budget you know you can do stage shows whereas weddings are more close-up and that kind of thing I'm
2: curious if you're using video and screens on your touring shows are you projecting close-up magic onto a screen
0: I am now yeah so my hmm. first two tours uh 2016 2017 I didn't uh, it was all it was all stuff that was big enough to be able to see at the back mm-hmm. of the, room. the majority of my theater shows are kind of between uh, 400, 600 seats.
2: Nice.
0: Uh, so it was okay to, nice. to do that. But, yeah, the last uh, the last year uh, we've added in live feed cameras because, yeah, uh, I have a camera that can now follows me into the crowd. I do some close-up magic for someone in the crowd facing the stage, which is kind of a nice thing to see because cool. pe- people could nice. see themselves in the background, which is kind of a Love nice vibe. Mm. Uh, yeah. It was, quite, it was a huge – to undertaking to kind of get all that to work though. I can kind, imagine. Uh yeah. Yeah. Did you find figure a, out a, all the tech involved? Yeah.
1: Are you using a wireless camera? Like did you figure that kind yeah. of tech out? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And is the camera I mean, following I've, you the whole time? I think it I think it's called a Terra deck. Are you using that to to
0: go? No, wise? so I I would like to try that. So the minute I so I use a Holylands uh um,
1: Ah the Holyland Holy Mars 2 or something one or two.
0: Yeah, something like that. But I'm, we're, there's still a little bit of a delay. So I I try mm. to avoid doing anything where where my mouth is in shot just because if it doesn't match up, it's just so unnerving for people to watch. Interesting. It's, it's such an, an, an annoyance. So I, but it doesn't affect me too much. So I have two cameras. I have one on a tripod facing down at a table uh, for close-up stuff for a couple of points in the show and one that follows me into the crowd on a gimbal and a person walking with it, uh, for a, a piece in the crowd. Uh, but the, ma- the majority of the show doesn't use cameras that they're, they're just little bits, um, dotted around. It kind of breaks up, uh, yeah. the segments in a nice way. Um, but I have a big intro video that starts and I have a video that, that finishes the show as well. Like a comedy finish where something, uh, gets revealed that happened at the start that looked like it was a mistake kind of vibe uh but yeah i think having a screen makes such a big difference uh, even at corporate shows occasionally they don't have screens and especially walking onto stage once you haven't if you haven't had a video introduction highlighting who you are and kind of showing right. that you, you you've done this before if mm-hmm. you don't have that and you walk on stage and people aren't really paying attention they don't know mm. who you are or what you're going to do especially it's a uh, it's a tougher <laughs> start yeah, yeah
2: yeah and now here's uh, the magician yeah
0: Yeah, especially yeah yeah. sometimes you get a terrible intro voice of god as well and yeah Mm. it's like a a perfect storm if that happens to
1: yeah i mean and joshua day joshua day he's a great guy but joshua j rather he did a he was part of a university study if you guys remember this about asking the audience or no doing a study on them where, where they would do like an a and b test where they would show one test group This particular part was they showed they just showed a magician. I think they showed Sean Farquhar. Just they they just went watch this act, and then the other group they said watch this act. But just so you know, he's an award-winning da da da, and said all his accolades. And this test group, like it was like, on average, it was a twenty percent more enjoyment of watching that clip without them realizing because they've been told. Like what? Who he is? What he's done? You know, fool Tenatello, or blah 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 blah. And yeah. uh, it was like it was like significantly noticed the same act, just that they'd been given a proper yeah. intro first. And yeah, um,
0: well, I guess the moment they hear a magician's coming on, everyone in the audience looks back to the last magician they saw, and that's what they're mm. expecting to see, right? So I suppose yeah, if they've had a bad experience in the past uh so yeah it's important to have something that kind of highlights that you that you're worth watching um but but i'm sure i've seen you josh walk on the stage and you you have a a pyro flash or something i'm sure i've seen a clip of that you do that to get their attention i think that's a real smart thing to do especially i mean in the uk it's always a challenge to get people's attention right at the start uh but something like that's probably a good shout i assume I
1: wasn't, yeah, and that, you know, I didn't, I didn't start that idea myself, but it's, um, yeah, just, <laughs> I just want people to see something straight away and to, yeah, people will watch fire, you know? It's like we're very, it's a very caveman type of thing. Anytime you want to get yeah. attention for in a loud audience, you throw some fire and it's like, yeah, two things I've learned. People will watch fire and uh, I learned this from um, Paul Daniels. If, is if you say, what's your name? People will all pay attention because they don't know like who who you're asking that to, and they want to tell you their name, so that will get people's attention. And uh, but if fire is good, fire is good. Yeah, I'm still waiting, Doug, for the, your um your uh, fireball, your your JBL fireball. It, yeah,
2: well, it's on sure. the way.
1: Can't wait, can't wait. He's
0: yes, got a I, finger sometimes flasher.
2: I get fireball beautiful. kits. Josh got yeah. a
0: fireball kit. Okay.
2: <laughs> you want a fireball kit, Richard Jones?
0: I'll, I want to put it in my magic set.
2: <laughs> uh, okay. That's the right answer. I can say no to that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this international shipping is killing me. That's oh, it. God. It's, yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. But yeah, that's what you should yeah, hand out to lot, the children yeah. at gigs is fireballs. That's that's what you. Yeah. Give them some that's flint right. wheels yeah. and cellulose.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: So you've been doing uh, Facebook Lives or, that I've seen anyway, sort of commentating on the Britain's Got Talent as they go out. I think that's super smart. Almost like an ambassador yeah. of uh, the Got Talent. I
0: Have need to do more. I, I, you know what? I, I was planning on every every Saturday night, I was planning on as soon as the show finishes, doing kind of a little rundown of, of what I thought the X. And I started mm. doing it the first two weeks, but I, I keep missing. I've I've had gigs the last kind of three saturdays now I and mean, when i think there's only one more episode left on a saturday so i've kind of missed that that regular regular vibe but um i'll probably try and do maybe a roundup once all the episodes have aired of, of all the great magician moments maybe and uh because yeah i mean that's the majority of my audience are, are kind of britain's got talent audience people who have kind of joined yeah. you since then as opposed mm. to uh, I mean, that's that's still where most of my followers come from, where most of my bookings come from. Uh, to be honest, is, is still people who just randomly come across my YouTube clips of BGT, which yeah, actually that, is a, a little bit annoying.
2: You're going to be the winner uh, of AGT forever, and that's going to be a great accolade that'll book you shows forever. <clears throat> you should wear. That's a very proud badge of honor, in my opinion.
1: I mean that that's yeah. definitely got to help yeah. with the um the booking process, right? Like when a corporate client sees that accolade it's definitely got to help the uh i, I think booking without decision. that
2: this isn't happening because of that same perceived value we spoke of earlier you've done something that people yeah. are aware of and now they know who you are and we'll have that 20 percent chance more to come see you at a theater
0: mm. yeah yeah like it's, it's still my ambition to uh to be super regular posting on youtube and get get those six hundred thousand followers uh because well, welcome to youtube shorts all to you gotta show. do is- yeah, five yeah, videos yeah. a
2: week. That's all it takes <laughs> yeah.
0: for about two years. Did you? Did, well, you do five five a week. Wow,
1: for That's two years. Tough. These There's are and these videos. are YouTube, these are YouTube shorts, so they're under a minute. But they are. It has to be jam packed, full of content in that minute. Right? Doug? I mean, I should. Yeah, it's like is, TikTok. Or we just or YouTube? listen to Doug. But, hmm.
2: it just has to be yeah. interesting and uh, ideally offer the viewer value.
0: Is it too late to to jump on the YouTube Shorts uh, journey, though? Because I, I know they've been around. To... So
2: what I would do if I was you oh, is start wow. posting on, on Facebook Reels, which has got a much bigger reach right now. And YouTube is a tough road to hoe these days. So always yeah, good mean, to be where the action's at. And on the short form videos, it's Facebook Reels right now, in my opinion.
1: I mean, we say that. But Doug, like Instagram, you would think is um, is you know oversaturated and been around for a long time. But Doug, you only really started learning how to do YouTube what like a month ago or something, and your Instagram is at forty seven k. So, um, I must
2: say, this year I focused very hard on bringing my Instagram numbers up. I started with a thousand followers at the beginning of this year. It took a long time
0: and to you're get now to 40,000.
2: So oh, it That's took ridiculous. about six months, what? no, about four months to get to 10,000. And in the last two months, I've, again, thanks to the short form videos, we've reached 40 something wow. thousand. I'm growing a lot right now. So, I have yeah. a second viral video happening on Instagram as we speak. And Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to to do well on Instagram. It's a very interesting prospect that I hadn't considered because for so long I did not care for the Facebook business model, but then they started paying me and I changed my mind.
1: So. <laughs>
0: Makes sense. <laughs> All right. I is am it, a prostitute. Is it, is it these <laughs> But it's a decent amount. It's worth worth doing then, obviously. You no, know,
2: sadly, they yeah, just changed their their amount. They downgraded <clears> it. <throat> and you could search Facebook challenges for their new Reels payment process. And it's kind of an interesting approach that certainly rewards good creators. And uh, no one knows what they're doing. YouTube's figuring it out. Everyone's still figuring it out. And they're trying to figure it out, but right now they're paying the most. So yay, Facebook. Wow. Or yeah, Meta. Facebook
1: Reels. Hey, before we go, uh Richard, what, you know, for the magicians listening, what uh do you have any advice you usually pass on to magicians or people who aspire to do what you're doing? What's um what's on your mind for them?
0: Uh Yeah, I mean, the majority of questions I get asked from magicians is uh is uh, I know a lot of people are worried about going on shows, TV shows um uh, i i was quite lucky when i went on i didn't really have as much pressure as most magicians most magicians who are full-time magicians if they go on and it doesn't go well there's quite a lot of risk to their to their livelihoods whereas because i was full-time in the army uh, if i'd gone on and that made me look silly I, it didn't really matter i would have just carried on life so it's it's a little bit easy for me to say this but um i, I always say always just take every opportunity that comes your way I mean, I, when I first decided I wanted to do TV magic, I applied to probably about 40 different TV shows and I ended up doing, we have a show here called the chase. It's like a game show. I don't know if you have it there. And I got on that show in in 2015 and I got to do a magic trick on that TV show. And I thought, Oh, that's great. And I kept applying to more TV shows and then I got on another daytime TV show and I did a trick on that Thought, wow, this is really exciting. And then I saw Britain's got talent. So I auditioned for that. And kind of in the year between 2015 and 2016, my whole career in every aspect of performing kind of skyrocketed. But it was literally because I made a commitment in 2015 that I was going to reach out and try and just say yes to everything. And yeah, I fast tracked hugely in the space of a year and a half, going from kind of hardly ever performing, do, maybe doing one or two weddings a year from the start of 2015 to then obviously doing bgt in 2016 it skyrocketed but it's because every opportunity every t- every chance i would say yes to everything and even if i wasn't prepared for it i would just make sure in the window between agreeing to it and doing it i just made sure i had to work to to do it. i remember my first stage show was for a, a group of uh, 600 army officers like senior people in the army in this uh in this big room It was in it was in the uh cyprus in the united nations uh kind of Area, so it was from all over the world, and they said, uh, Oh, do you mind doing a show for us? It's in two weeks because they heard I did magic. I only knew a couple of card tricks at the time, uh, but I, I said yes, and uh, it's probably the worst show that anyone had ever seen. But the fact that I'd got up and pef- tried to entertain 600 <clears throat> people in a space of learning what I could learn in two weeks was a big deal. Uh, so yeah, I, if anyone, if there's ever any, any, uh, any way of growing, anyone ever offers you anything that could help you progress, just do it, take it, uh, just uh, say yes to everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which you're is only, kind uh, of, you uh, got to be comfortable. I was just going to say now, now that I've done
0: TV, I now say, I now say no to most things, which is kind of contradictory. <laughs> but, but yeah, but the biggest time that I've ever grown was, was in that year where
2: you had, a, you had where, uh, a goal, you stayed consistent and persistent. You worked hard and practice what you preach. So, that's what it takes.
0: So, same as your YouTube. Yeah, that's exactly, so yeah, exactly it's, it's the quite the same. Right. When, when,
2: I had a yeah. small amount of success on, you know, during the pandemic. And I said, I think I can do this. And I put all of my energy in it. And I was right. I could do it. So I'm doing that now. And I don't take gigs as much. I turn them down like you. <laughs> it's like it's, <laughs> and and I'll, I'm I'll happily take turning I'll, down gigs these days.
1: I'll take, <laughs> yeah. I'll take all those gigs. All right.
2: I'll you think. don't want the gigs I'm turning down, brother. <laughs> trust me.
1: You don't, you don't hey, want New Orleans gigs. True. And
2: nothing true. Nothing nice happening in Doug Conn's.
1: <laughs> oh, boy.
2: Yeah, we'll talk later.
1: So you can follow. I mean, you you know who Richard is if you're watching this, but if you don't, his website is in the description below. That will lead you to all his uh, further work and videos and tours and that kind of thing. But, Richard, man, thank you so much no for doubt. coming on. Thank you, uh, Richard. It was a joy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks
2: for
1: having me. He's got uh, a ton of his own live videos you can watch if you want to see more. Look at his sexy ecam setup he has. So you know he's doing this stuff. Uh, so you can watch him again after the podcast and in all his streams there. But I'm um, very jealous of your hairline. It's amazing. And, uh, guys, we'll see you next time on The Magic Guys.
2: Thanks for listening.
1: It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear
0: now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of the Magic Guys.